Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Kim Possible, which we'll be getting to right now. I am Melanie Moyer, and today I am joined by Delaney Stovall. Hey, y'all. Uh, so today, we've done one of these a while back, I think. We did a Kim Possible episode. I think it was just you and I again, actually. Yes. And uh, Today, we are discussing Kim Possible... Um, as per the announcement of February 7th on the Disney Channel Twitter that they are making a live-action movie of Kim Possible and all our dreams are coming true. Uh, you can find out more about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can describe to, subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes, where we appreciate your star ratings, or search for Overly Animated on your favorite podcatcher. All right. Yeah, so this um, was a Disney Channel original TV show that ran from 2002 to 2007. Um, It's about, it's almost 16 years old now. Yeah. Yeah. Math. That would be it. (laughs) That's how we math. Um, Where to start with this? Um, So at the time that it premieres on Disney Channel in 2002, it was only their second animated show to feature a female lead. The the one before that it was Proud Family, <clears throat> um, and I guess the big thing that kind of informs this for me always that I talk about is that it comes right on the heels of the end of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and that shows. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> um, right down to the red hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's and you know and it's interesting too because it's like even you've got down to the character the like minute character characteristics words. Um, with like the the catchphrasing, um, the very the very specific early two thousands <laughs> catchphrasing, but um, basically this show was uh, created by Bob Shuley and Mark McCorkle, um, who worked for Disney Channel before, but this is kind of their most famous thing that they've done for Disney Channel, obviously, and that's kind of what stuck with them. And I think it was their first show that they headed themselves. They wrote for other shows prior to this, but basically they were tasked by Disney to create a female-centric animated show that specifically that they wanted to appeal to older audiences as well as their demographic. Um, and basically it stars our titular killer, titular, no, I'm adding titular. an extra, titular, <laughs> like I'm adding an extra syllable in there, titular character uh, of Kim Possible, who, as the tagline of the show says, can do anything. Um, spends her days cheerleading, straight A studenting, and moonlighting as essentially a superhero. Um, with her hapless sidekick and uh childhood best friend, Ron Stoppable, aptly named. Even that right there, the the puns on the names, because it's So two thousands. So two thousands. It's very meta. Um it, you know, Kim Possible sounds like impossible, and Ron Stoppable sounds like unstoppable. It's fun. Um, but yeah, this show was very unique because, A, as a po- it, 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 it um, utilized a lot of quick-witted dialogue-based humor and sarcasm that was typical of sitcoms at the time, whereas most Disney Channel shows were using slapstick comedy. There is some slapstick in there, obviously, because you're never going to get rid of that. Uh, also, it's literally the point of Ron's character. Yeah, he's literally there to be your slapstick guy if you can't get on board with the the sarcastic one-liners. Um, 
but it was both a action adventure like comic book espionage show and a satire of those things um and that's one of the big things that made it so popular i think is that it never took itself seriously at all um like you had a good one of the villains was half monkey <laughs> voiced by the same guy who voiced darwin on wild thornberries also a monkey He's incredible. incredible. Yeah, he's, talk about typecasting. I know. Yeah, he's that's that's he's found his uh his calling in life. Um, but you had that. You had Draken, who's like this. He's blue. He's blue, blue for, for no. They, do they ever give an explanation for? They why do. He's blue? Like, well, they they said that, like there was like a lab accident, but like okay. I don't think they ever like specified this is why he's blue. Other than like when we get the backstory, that's the other thing. Like that's people just mentioned, he once wasn't blue, but nobody yeah. <laughs> And we've seen him not be blue because yeah. we've had like flashbacks and like the best part about this show is like all of our characters know each other. Like Dr. Draken went to school with Kim's dad. It's so stupid. Like this show is amazing. Which it's just doesn't like, come up until like season two or something ridiculous. Right. Like you're, and you're like, good, what? You're a good way into the show before he's like, oh yeah, that was my old friend from college. And, and like his name's Drew Lipsky. <laughs> and it's so funny because, like, the entirety of the show, Kim's dad's like, Drew, and, like, Dr. Draken hates it. Like, he's like, I hate you. Why are you like this? It's so funny. <laughs> Why do you like this? Why do you? It's yeah. so great. Um, yeah, so basically, Kim's main arch enemy in all this, like, her Lex Luthor is Dr. Draken, who's, like, a total, like, parody, like, doofus version, version of, um, the mad like a mad scientist hence the for some reason blue skin we don't know why uh basically he was in college with her dad and decided to he was going to use his powers for evil tn uh at some point hires one of the greatest animated characters ever created shigo like best villain ever shigo um, great top 5 animated characters shigo as his like hired muscle um but the best part about them is that they go from like employer employee to like old married couple like at some point it's amazing. I don't know when it happened but it's hysterical um but yeah like it played on those tropes right like you've got this you know the mad scientist character the henchman but they're ridiculous and they have these crazy like conversations and they have these crazy mid-battle conversations and then they also have like random issues like oh we ordered pizza and it didn't show up like what the heck and like they just there was this one episode where shigo gets turned like good and draken like she's gone and draken does it he's trying to open a pickle jar and he can't, he, he can't do it and he's like shigo where are you and she's not there and he like spends the entire episode like that's the entire b plot is like it cuts to five seconds of him trying to open a pickle jar until she comes back like it's that kind of ridiculous humor but one of the best parts about it is that, you know, like, it's got this ridiculous humor in the, in the, like, it never takes itself seriously in the action portions, but it does put dramatic weight on, like, the interpersonal relationships. As much dramatic weight as you can put. It's a pretty like, light show. the most drama ever. Like, the show is so dramatic, it's amazing. And you have everything. Like, so you have, like, the villains, and then you also have, like, these really weird, like, connections between the villains and the heroes and then you also have like kim's arch rival bonnie and like rockwaller like there's like stupid like high school drama going on and like kim has kim's trying to get a boyfriend ron's jealous all this stuff it's so stupid it's the best what i love is that nobody like 
gives a crap that she's like, she's like, oh yeah, I have a mission. And Bonnie was like, yeah, but like, I'm late for my pedic. Like, the, like she doesn't care. Yeah. But like cheer practice, it's so great. Yeah, she'll get mad that she's missing cheer practice while she's like stopping like a nuclear holocaust or something. And like her parents are like, okay, cool, bye, be home. Yeah, no, her parents do not, do not care. And like her, her mom is a do- is a neurosurgeon, and her dad is a rocket scientist. It's so great. Yeah. And they have begotten, like, ridiculous children. Because there's Kim, and then there's her younger brothers, who are twins, Jim and Tim, who are, like, making rockets and launching them in the backyard. And, like... And they, like, speak their own language. Yeah, and so they, What does she call it? She calls it something. Twinish. It's twin speak. Twin speak. I think, or something like that. Something something not creative like that. <laughs> um, but she calls them the tweebs. Um, but, yeah, like, there's just... There's so much that's ridiculous about this show. But then it's like, there's so much that like it, it, it. What it does, I think, is it it makes the points where it does take itself seriously like more poignant because you're like, oh, this is serious and like there's music and stuff like you know. So it's like I, you know you pay attention. Um, but it's got an A plus voice acting cast. <laughs> um, Chrissy Carlson Romano, who if you're too young to know Kim Possible, you are definitely too young to know even Stevens. Oh, absolutely. Um, you have no idea. But before Kim Possible, she was the older sister on Even Stevens. Um, and she was in Cadet Kelly, which I think might still be on Netflix. You should check it out. That is like the best Disney movie. Go watch it, y'all. It was very good. Um, Will Friedel uh, voices Ron. He was in He was in Boy Meets World. Was, yeah. Was, I think, his big thing before he was in this. And all he does basically now is um, voice acting. But he was in the the um girl meets world the whatever the um reboot i guess yeah. is what you call it although is it true so i heard the fun fact that john cena originally wanted the voice of ron it's like a rumor that's been going around the internet for a while and i don't think anyone's really confirmed it but basically john cena was one of the people who auditioned to voice ron and he didn't get it um, wow that would be quite a different show I um, can't even imagine what, like, the, I think the entire world would be different if that had happened. Yeah, no, that's, like, definitely, like, a super Mandela effect right there. Like, we would, it would be a completely different course of history. Like, I don't, like, I don't know, I don't know if we'd, like, I don't even know, like, we might be, like, living in space if that happened. Like, I don't even know. Yeah, no, like, we'd be on Mars right now. That's yeah. Insane. Um, Taj Maori, the younger brother of Tia and Tamara Maori, voiced Wade, who is like the computer genius nerve. And he's center. ten. Yeah, he's ten. I don't think they ever explain how Kim meets him. He's just, I don't for some reason her tech guy. She and has, like she has a computer in her locker. Yeah, that he's on constantly. He doesn't leave his room until season four when he finally leaves his room. So shook. It was crazy. Um, John DiMaggio voiced Dr. Draken, if that does tell you anything about Draken's character. It's so um, great. He's, you know, He can just play Draken in the movie. He should. Um, he honestly could. He's done a lot of other voicing for, um, Disney Channel. He voiced Dog on American Dragon Jake Long, if anyone was into that stuff. Um, and he did a lot of other, like, random bit, um, voice acting parts. Um, Shigo is voiced by Nicole Sullivan, who might be, like, the biggest name in here outside of Disney Channel and outside of animation, because she was pretty a pretty big sitcom actress. 
Um, and she's done work with Family Guy, and she also does a bunch of other voice acting work, but, um, basically she's been on Cougar Town, she was on The King of Queens, uh, she was on some sketches on Mad TV, um, so she's probably the biggest name that provided a voice in this show. The best voice. Um, yeah, and I don't really think there's anyone, I don't really care about anyone else who voices these random- Oh, Patton Oswalt! Professor Dementor. <laughs> Dementor. Yeah. Professor so Pat or uh, Patton Oswald voiced Professor Dementor, who was a reoccurring villain. Uh for Kim. But other than that, I don't think anyone really Oh, Raven. Voice Monique. Oh my god, how could I forget that? I was about to be like, wait a minute. I'm missing a huge one. <laughs> uh so Monique is Kim's fem I wanna say female best friend, but she's like her only other friend besides Ron. She doesn't have yes. a lot of friends. Um and she's voiced by Raven Simone. Um, she doesn't become a really huge character until season four. They, like, gave her a lot right. to do in season four. It was great. Um, which was awesome. And she sometimes, like, stands in for Ron, and it's hysterical. Like, when Ron's it's doing great. something. I think she does that at one point in a stitch in time, like, because Ron moved yeah, in Norway. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's, like, my favorite with, with her is in a stitch in time. It's so great. Yeah. She tries. It doesn't work out well. But basically, she and she works at Banana Republic. Which yeah, is she works at the Kim Club Possible Club version Banana. of uh, Banana Republic TM. Um, Club Banana. And Club like, because Kim works there for like a little bit, doesn't she? For like, yeah, she tries to get a job there and it doesn't work out. I forget why she's trying to get a job. I think she wants to buy a new car or something. There's like that's sort of the thing is like there's dumb teenage crap that goes on in this show. Like, she tries to buy a car, she tries to get a job, she's worried well, about like, a date for prom. Yeah, and there's, like, the val- and the thing is, like, giant plot moments are built around these really dumb things, like, because you have, like, the Valentine's Day episode is, like, they have the, uh, they have, like, these little, the nanobites, they're, like, the, mm. I can't remember what they're called, but they, like, Shigo gets one, and then Ron gets, uh, Kim gets one, and so, like, she goes That's after right. Draken, and then Kim's after Ron, and it's amazing. Yeah. And then- <laughs> so, yeah. And then, like prom is the second movie, which is so the drama. Yeah, because it's prom. It's not even. It's junior prom. It's not even senior. Prom. Yeah, it's junior prom. It's so great. <laughs> it's their first prom, and they're already tweaking. Um, yeah, no, like that's the. It's interesting because if you go back to the Buffy parallels, you know, you've got Buffy, which is a show that utilized these supernatural elements to kind of inform upon these like teenage problems. And like the movie that the TV show is based off of was it was about prom, wasn't it? Yeah, homecoming? it was about it was about homecoming, and she was a cheerleader, and she had to like beat up a bunch of vampires in her high school gymnasium and got kicked out of school. But um, yeah, so Buffy would do these things where it basically like used these things to talk about real life things. Like there was this episode about bullying where the bullies turned into like a group of demon hyenas because that's you know how bullies act and that sort of thing. But Kim Possible didn't really do that. Instead, they had these very separate things that were somehow stupidly linked to each other. Like, the Valentine's Day episode. Like, all the, you know, the, the drama and angst that comes with Valentine's Day. We're recording this with Valentine's Day, actually. Um, yes. But all the, you know, drama and angst that comes with, you know, being a hormonal teenager at Valentine's Day is, like, also, like, the main cause of the issue with these, like, nanobots that are biting people and making them, like, fall in love with people that they see. Um, and even so the drama, like, her prom date turns out to be, like, a cyborg. 
A synthodrome. A synthodrome that Draken designed specifically to like mess with her. Like it's like it it's so stupidly but perfectly like links the crazy over the top like action stuff with like also the crazy over the top teenage drama. And they become like the same plot by the end of, of the episodes and like it just it works so well. Um you know, and it's it's I love Buffy. It's but you know, it is that's where I you know, I think it's impressive that it stood out so much because it does take a ton from Buffy, but it's like also but here's our own this is our own show, essentially. Well it's also like when it aired, like there was nothing like this on TV. Like now like we can look to different shows and like there's a there's a lot um, even on Disney right now like there's an inc- some incredible animation Star Wars versus Evil you know we're getting more like ha- you know there was the Legend of Korra like having like female protagonists who are like who kick butt and who are awesome and they're the they're the heroes and they get to be heroes you know we we have Supergirl we have all these different shows but the thing Super is girl. like Buffy and Kim Possible were like this is like the starting point like this is yeah. where we begin. Because, yeah. like, before Kim Possible, there really wasn't this animated show. Because, like, obviously the Proud Family is amazing, and that show is incredible, but, like, Kim Possible is a superhero. Like, she's literally a superhero. She could do anything. That's what I hear. Yeah, That's what they tell think. me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was, like, when Buffy came on, that was the big thing. This was the first time somebody applied that concept to an animated show. For girls. I mean, obviously, both boys and girls watch this show. That's evident by how long it was the longest running Disney show until 2012 when Phineas and Ferb overtook it. Um, but it was the, the first time anyone had tried to do something like this. And now everyone tried, you know, like now you've got even like even before Korra, when you have like just regular Avatar, like a show that is designed to, to cross dem- an animated show that's trying to cross demographics um, in that way, like that comes from Kim Possible. This was really the first time we have an animated show that's trying to appease adults and kids and trying to, to, you know, bring in male and female viewers. Um, so, you know, like by today's standards, like, Oh yeah, it's like a thing, but no, like at, in 2002, this was like crazy. (laughs) This shook my world. And it was, Um, it was a hit. It actually to this day has the biggest rating of any Disney channel pilot. Like it got the most views of any Disney channel original pilot. Ever, and it still has that and when it originally um was canceled in 2005 when they said okay three seasons is enough and they did the, the season the series finale like people were so tweaked out by the fact that the show was off that disney for the first and i believe the only time just said okay we'll give you one more season. <laughs> like and we they, got season four which a lot of people don't know about but season four is great season four was great they basically un Un, they basically greenlighted their canceled show and said, okay, you get one more season because they won't shut up. Um, and it was a season of nothing but fluff, which was incredible. It was so good. That was another thing, too, because it's like they, because the, this show, like, both plays on, on stereotypes and, like, actively avoids them. Because it's like you've got Kim, who's a cheerleader, and the popularly elected homecoming queen, asterisk, is that episode. It was basically a Trump situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but she's also, like, a straight-A student and the child of, like, a brain surgeon and a rocket scientist. And she also, like, plays the tomboy when she's out there in, like, cargo pants and, you know, saving Ron's butt. You know, and she crosses all these things. And, um, you know, so you've got those 
you know, defying of, of stereotypes and playing on them. And then you've got this thing with like her and Ron, where it was like, they actively like analyzed the idea of the friend zone and just like, didn't even acknowledge that was a thing. Like when it, when it became like apparent that the direction they were going with Kim and Ron was that they were going to ultimately end up as a couple. Like there was no discussion of like, Oh yeah, like she's your friend though. Like, how do you know she feels that way? Like there was no, there was no, like it literally, it happened. Like there was no long drawn out thing of like the friend zone and like, stuff like that and when they got together there was none of that will they or won't they stuff like it wasn't like oh now we have to break them up because we got them together it's like oh no they're together they're just doing their own thing but they're together like there was no angst no it was so great there was no need for angst it was fantastic it's what everyone hopes for uh in their ships but um excuse me yeah i mean like it's just i cannot overstate enough how awesome this show was (laughs) It's the best. Um, and they had it. They were very self-referential, like that sign outside the school. Um, <laughs> it would change. It was so good. Yeah, and it would. It was so ridiculous. So they they had one like, of those. This is the original like Twitter's like this week in church signs. Like yes. this is like it was so great. Like every episode, the sign like it was so good. Like it said things that didn't even matter. Like it didn't even have anything to do with the 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 episode it would be like oh procrastinators club meet meeting canceled and like stuff like that but then my favorite use of that was at during so the drama which was the original series finale at the end of the episode the last shot was that school sign that said the end and then they get to they're like okay we're doing season four the first episode of season four um one of the first shots is the school again and it's that sign and it says not the end (laughs) <laughs> it was so good on the sign like it's just and there's this running gag where like kim keeps getting rides from people that she helped in the past and they have these ridiculous stories of things that yeah they're like oh yeah that time you like saved me from that yeti and my like helicopter was gonna crash and you like piloted to safety when i had a heart <laughs> like it's literally stuff like that and it's the best she's like, like oh yeah thanks whatever yeah, it's just like so she's like so she's like not a problem, but I'm like, oh my god, what the heck? It's so good. Like they get everywhere through these rides. It's the best. Yeah, no, she literally hitches rides with people that she's like helped. And the thing is, it's never someone we know. Like it's the best. There's a plethora of people that she has helped or fought against or what have you, but it's always these randos who are giving her rides. And the best part is like, so you find out the origin is that. The, it was a website, and it was Kim. She was just a babysitter, but she got called on accident because they were trying to call Team uh, Impossible. It impossible. It's so good. Uh, but he typoed Kim Possible, and she was like, well, somebody needs my help, and they called the babysitting like site. <laughs> she was like, okay, so good. Um, yeah, that's, I honestly like the first movie, A Sitch in Time, low-key better than the series. I don't know, like, I really like So the Drama, but, like, Sitch in Time is, like, classic. It is. Yeah, that was, like, one of the first, that honestly, I think was one of the first episodes I watched, because I didn't, I knew about the show, but I didn't really watch it, and I didn't oh, watch I watched it. Impossible Religiously. I didn't watch the first season on, during its first run, um, so I'm pretty sure the first episode I saw was The Sitch in Time, and I was like, oh, so- what an episode for me to see. It's so good. I'm so confused. Basically, um... Time so, Simeon. Time... Yeah, time... Time monkey? Um, basically, Ron, and, Ron gets moved to, like, Norway or something. His family suddenly has to move to Norway, and he and Kim have to deal with separation anxiety and, like, the fact that, like, for whatever reason, they can't really, you know, she's having trouble, like, doing her job because Ron's not there and yada yada. And it turns out that, um... 
uh, these... It's such a confusing, contrived plot when you get down to it, because basically, Draken and Shigo teamed up with Duff, Killigan, and Monkey Fist, I think, to... Basically, they were like, "We're going to team up and we're going to take her down." And, and they were like, "The way to do it is we have to sit, we have to break them up." Yeah, but like oh, so they good. didn't figure that out. Shigo did in the future and yeah. went back in time to do. It's nuts. It's because Shigo's <sighs> the only one who's like not an idiot. Yeah, like she realizes, okay, like the factor here is that I have to separate them, and then I can they, they I can win. And but she like goes back, but she just figures this out like twenty years in the future and goes back. It's nuts. It's crazy. It's also nuts. the best part is like so. I love a sitch in time. Also, Kim Possible um, is the reason that Disney Channel website games are the best, and you can still play <laughs> these games. The, the the Bueno Nacho one. Yes, and like the sitch in time. I was like obsessed with the sitch in time game, but like so you get to see Kim as like a kid because like, Kim and Ron have been friends since pre K. And then, like, you see them in the future. Oh, it's so good. Like, in, like, school's prison. It's so great. Yeah, yeah you see them in the future, in the past. And, and like, the sign is, like, it- oh, it's so good. Yeah, Sijin Time is really good. Um, I do think that is the- my favorite of the two. Because the thing is, is so the drama, I'm not into most of it until, like, the last, like, ten minutes of it. Oh, I was, like, so deep in my I need Ron and Kim to get together phase. Well, no, that was legit, and I was talking about this with somebody, because this is before the era of YouTube, when you could just watch anything whenever you wanted. Yes. Um, Because that that promo showed on Disney Channel, and, like, the earth shook. Because in the promo, they showed, like, Kim and Ron at the prom, and they were like, what? And, you know, Disney Channel was like, what? And I was, like, tweaked out. And you're talking about it on the bus with your friends, because that's all you can do, because you don't have YouTube, so you can't just look this thing up, and there's no Tumblr, because you're, I'm 12 at this point, this is like- Yeah, there's like internet forums, and that's it. This is literally 2005, you have nothing, you have TV Tome, maybe, kind of, a little bit, it's it's still early for TV Tome, I think. Bef- this What it's, became TV.com, actually, to- It's a time, man, like, there's like, all you can do is just yell- Oh my god. I didn't even- I, There were the no iPods. Rap- I'm gonna tell you this much. There were no iPods at that time, because I remember I was listening to music on a clunky MP3 player. I had my, um, Sansa, uh, I don't know, what was it? Anyway, I had, yes, same. <laughs> Nostalgia. So yeah, no, it was nuts. It was, like, the thing that drew you into the movie. So you're watching the entire movie. So I guess that's one thing to talk about then, I guess, is like... And the Happy Meal kit. Like, the Happy the Meal, happy meal kit. like, turn Diablo evil. Toys. Yeah. I love them. Um, yeah, that's the other thing, too, is, like, Dracula's ridiculously contrived schemes. Um, and that was, like, the epitome of them, is he decided to make Happy Meal toys evil. Like, that's the kind of humor that goes into the show. So good. Um, but that is one thing they handled really, really well, um, is... Kim and Ron. Um, and I compare this to something like Katang and um, Avatar, where it was like evident from the beginning that there were like, you know, like hints towards that, right? Like that was a slow burn. Like Kim and Ron was not that because it wasn't even really a thing until season three, even though in our hearts it was all a thing. It was always a thing, yeah. But yeah. Um, they didn't really reference it, right? Like there was bits right. and, and pieces where it's like they both like kind of dated other people and neither of them really acknowledged it whatsoever. And then the turning point comes in season three when Ron is reunited with his with Yuri. So there's oh, that's this- the, oh, that's another thing. Ron um, goes to Japan. Yeah, several to times. learn martial arts. Yeah, secretly. 
Um, he goes yeah. on like an exchange program. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So in season two, Ron goes to Japan to learn martial arts, and it turns out he's like shockingly good at this specific mystical brand of martial arts. Um, and he meets this girl Yuri, who he kind of has a crush on, and it's like whatever. We we go to season three. She comes back because she's like, we need help. You know, they call him Master Sensei, which is a joke in and of itself. So funny. Um, Master Sensei is missing. Um, and uh, basically Ron has to, you know, she's like, I need your help to find him. This is the first time Kim has heard of this Yori person. And Kim's like, um... And she's not having any of it. She's like, who? What? And everyone's like, why are you super jealous? And she's like, I'm not. And they're like, oh, yeah, Ron's out with his girlfriend. She's like, no, his friend, who's a girl. Like, it's it's the first time they, like, head on, like, broach this idea. Um, and Kim is not having it. Yeah, because basically she even says at one point when, you know, she's like, he's like, oh, I met her when she goes to Japan. It's like, oh, I knew you were crushing on somebody when you went to Japan. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, it's like nothing. It's chill. Um, so that was the first time, like, the show acknowledged that that was a possibility. Um, and then comes, so the drama, when Kim gets this, like, epic, really good looking voice by Raviv Ullman boyfriend um, named Eric. I think was his name. Eric the Syntho Drone. Eric the Syntho Drone and Ron's like tweaked out. Um, and it's interesting because they do do some kind of like weird little retconning where they he says, oh, like I was never super happy about the guys that Kim dated, but like I was chill with it. But obviously if you watch this episode, there's no real evidence of that, but like whatever, I'll take your word for it. Um, but yeah, so he's, you know, that's what brings this on. There's Jesse McCartney songs in the soundtrack. It's all very emotional and dramatic. Um, but I like that. Like, the fact that it's not broached until suddenly it's like, yeah, this has been a thing all along. It's just nobody's talked about it. Whereas, like, you've got something like Katang where it's obvious, right? Like, there's, like, we can pick stuff out for it. Right, and even, yeah. like, with Korosami, it's like, you can pick stuff out for it. For this, it was, like, literally, like, snap but it's like you believe it because it's like oh yeah like that's clearly been going on for a while and just nobody's been talking about it it's so good um which was a really interesting way to handle that also the entire time you wanted them together so it's fine yeah so and like surely and mccorkle said like that was their original intention um with the series from the beginning is that they wanted to end it with kim and ron getting together and then um basically so the show ends they go into they get greenlit for season four um, which details Kim and Ron's senior year. Glorious fluff. Glorious fluff. All Kim of gets a fluff. car and he can like fly and like and then her like twin brothers skip like a bajillion grades and now they're freshmen in high school and Kim hates them. It's so good. <laughs> and like all the teachers like disappear and Barkin's like the substitute for every class. It's, it's really so funny. the principal Barkin is voiced by um oh what's his name? He voices oh. It's a. I'm. I told. I texted you. Patrick something. It's um Warburton. Warburton. Yes. Pa- yes. He voices um everything. Like Kronk. he was Kronk He's in, in in in. Uh, you don't even need to tell me what it. I. You don't even need me to tell you. He but was Kronk. You know, you know. Um. He's um Joe and Family Guy. So he's this principal in. He's the principal of the high school in Kim Possible. Who like he hates Ron. It's really funny, but um. He basically, the entire last season, for some reason, always is now the substitute teacher for classes, because different it's teachers so have these and weird it's kind of like, excuses it's so for why they- 
And it's for, like, really dumb reasons. It's like, oh, so-and-so, like, broke all of the bones in their body. Yeah, or, like, like oh, so she's funny. pursuing her career baking cupcakes. Like, it's... It's great. And, like, Ron's just like, wait, why are you the substitute for everything? And class? then, like... And then they'll, like, go on field trips and, like, horrible things happen to Barkin. Like, Barkin and she go start dating. And then, like, D and Amy is, like, obsessed with Barkin. Like, all of it's great. The she, the episode where she go, so, all right, I'll go into that in a second, I guess, to do a little bit of cohesion. We'll wrap up with our discussion of season four. But basically, yeah. So, it's nothing but fluff. Like, you know, Kim gets an updated suit. She gets an updated car. Um, her and Ron, like, literally never, like, there's not one angsty moment. Like, you don't even have to worry about, like, oh, like, now they're together, they have to break up. Like, no, that's not a thing. Um, you know, there's, and, you know, what's interesting, too, is they also went into, like, very, like, legit stuff, where it was, like, they were both tweaking out about college and, like, what to do with their future, and that manifested itself in Kim getting abducted by aliens. Yep, graduation is a, is a trip, man. More manga. is a huge trip um but yeah so the just the whole thing is just so well handled and it ends on such a high note like it's one of those things that never outstayed its welcome um and like never did the never like peaked and then like they may actually make a joke about jumping the shark in the show too yeah when they when they first the first episode of season four they very much reference the fact that they might be jumping the shark by continuing the show. When Ron asks him if his dream about them jumping over a shark was real. Like, the show is gold. Um, but yeah, so one of the big things that I loved about it too was like, the way you had these sort of nuanced, complicated things. Because it's like, Shigo is actually like, a very deep character. Which I know sounds weird to say, but it's, like, she's the only character that we see in the show that actually, like, has morals and, like, will refuse to do certain things. Because she's like, no, that's an awful thing to do. But at the same time, she's an awful person. Yeah, like, she's, like, a thief and, like, she does all this stuff. But, but she, then we also meet her family and, oh like, God, her oh, it's Yeah, so, so she, basically, her backstory is that she was part of, essentially, Fantastic Four um and for what, whatever reason decided to leave that like it was her and her three brothers who they all got powers from this like asteroid or something that crashed and gave them different powers um hers is like green ectoplasm hands i don't know it's very scary um but yeah so she leaves that and gets tired by draken but um she at some point got her teaching certificate <laughs> yeah like <laughs> like <laughs> She she when she turns good for a hot second, she says that she has her teaching certificate to fall back on, um, which she does when she decides to be a substitute teacher in the school. Um, so there's that, which is um, really funny because you don't need a teaching certificate to be a substitute teacher. Yeah, but. I don't know what that she was like. Oh yeah, but so like, why did you? Why I don't? You know what? These aren't questions for me to ask. Point is, is for some reason Shigo has her teaching certificate. Um, but yeah, and like the interesting thing is like yes, her and Draken like go from employer employee you know guy who hires her to do muscle work and the aforementioned muscle so like literally she's giving him orders it's so great or she like flat out refuses to do things that annoy her um and there was that little hint at the end about draken and shigo i don't know how i feel about that but yeah i don't either i'm just gonna let it be whatever they're and, like draken literally like at the end says everyone because he has flowers coming out of his body like yeah, he gets turned into, like, a flower person. Which is, okay. I suppose, a metaphor. 
for his change of because at the end of the series he and Shigo decide that they're going to be like good people now um but yeah and like her relationship with Kim is interesting because it's when she is like first of all they like will chat in the middle of their fights like about things and and Shigo has all these pet names for her um and when Wormanga tries to kill Kim like she goes straight up like wastes Wormanga because she's like well no no one's going to be doing that unless it's me um so she saves Kim's life on various occasions um and like in the bit where uh she does turn good when she gets hit by like the ray that switches good and evil you know, she and Kim are, like, BFFs, um, and, you know, Kim refers to her as an older sister, and... And they've talked, and they've talked about, like, they, they, they've they acknowledged as, like, when she goes a villain, that, like, if she go wasn't a villain, they'd be friends. Yeah, no, it's actually really interesting, and, like, <laughs> cute and stuff. It's so great. Um, but yeah, basically, that was our huge... We called that segment of this the gush, because we knew we were just going to, like, blab about the show. Um, yeah. So, like, we love Kim Possible. Yeah, so that's our blab. So let's talk the about The first this. time we did this, it was two hours of me oh my God. and Mel just being like, oh my god, Kim Possible! Oh so this is probably the slightly better version, even if that rant there didn't seem super... But now you know, in case you didn't know, for some reason. Um... And I think so, you can still watch all of it on Disney.com. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still up. And it does show at, like, ridiculous hours on Disney Channel. It shows at, like, 2 in the morning. Yes. I discovered this one night in college. Um, yes, I have watched it. We turn on... They show everything. They show Kim Possible. They show American Dragon. They show Proud Family. They show, I think, old episodes of Raven. Like, so they have this block of time between 1 a.m. and, like, 5 a.m., where um, they show old Disney Channel shows, so even if you're not up for that, you can just record it and, you know, live your life the way it's meant to be lived. Um, but yes, so the movie, basically everything that we wanted to happen, like it was, I was, I was the living embodiment of that office gif where he's like, everybody stay calm, it's happening. That was me. Um, to myself. But basically, this, so, so the drama was originally meant to be a theatrical film. Like, they were going to release right, yes. a theatrical animated film of Kim Possible, and that didn't pan out. I don't know why. I'm sure I could do research and find out. But basically, they made it, um, another DCOM, uh, special to end the series. Um, so this will be the third Disney Channel original movie, um, in the Kim Possible franchise which i think might make it i think it might be the most of any one specific um property because there was only two twitches movies well, oh, well like high school halloween musical Town. halloween town and high school musical so it's up there um but it's probably the most that's based on any of their tv shows for sure um because yeah. i'm not even sure any other tv show got more than one disney channel original movie so. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, the only thing that would be maybe The Sweet Life, but, like, they also had two different shows. Yeah. Yeah, so that doesn't count. <laughs> right, exactly. They're cheating. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and this is going to be live action, which is very exciting. And I don't even know why. I was trying to sit down and think, like, analytically, why am I so excited for a live action version of this? Well, I mean, I don't, well, it's because it's, like, it's, like, this action movie. Like, literally, it's kind of going to be, like, Disney's, like, Marvel, like, Granted, yeah. I think Disney owns Marvel, but like Disney still. does own Marvel, which is why a lot of my picks that I'm going to go in here to in a bit um, for who I want to play who have heavily favor Marvel actors because they already have connections to Disney. 
Well, also, like, this is kind of like our Black Widow movie. <laughs> like, oh my god, yeah. Well, look, I love that post, the post that was going around that Black Widow and Hawkeye are just grown up Kim and Ron. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically, what they said specifically, Shuli and McCorkle, was that they were excited to what they referred to as um, add a new dimension or fully dimensionalize the characters, I guess. Because, you know, there are pitfalls to animation. There are nuances that, you know, you can't have that you can get with animation. You know, there's really no such thing as camera angles in animation. There's really no acting acting in the way that we would know it, um, depending on the budget and how much facial expression they can give to these animated figures. Um, And there's more time, too. I mean, this is going to be like a 90-minute, at least, probably around a 90-minute, you know, thing. Um, so you get a lot more content. Um, first things first, before I even go into dream casting, uh, the question is, is this going to be a continuation of the series or a complete reboot or, you know, a, a, a story that can fit nicely in the original canon that just happens to be live action? Well, so I feel like I think the like desire to be to be to have a reboot is probably like really appealing. Like like this this would be the way to do a reboot is to have a live action movie. I would hope like my desire is for it to be like kind of like that nice little like it's live action can possible you get like the idea of everything that's going on without having like this origin story. Mm-hmm. But then, like, but like what you said, like this thing that could fit in the canon very comfortably, like it's just a Doctor Dragon, like you could literally be anything, like because that's what's so great, and like, like it's a comic book sh- movie, like that's what this ultimately would be is a comic book movie, but like it's like making fun of it, and it's gonna look even better, like I think as live action about how absurd these characters are. It's basically gonna be like a Marvel movie plus Power Rangers, and I mentioned Power Rangers because Power Rangers like. Power Rangers looks terrible. Like, it doesn't matter that Power Rangers is on right now. It looks awful, and I love it. Is it like, on right villain- now? Is that what you're saying, this? Well, no, I mean, like, power- <laughs> like there is an action. <laughs> like, did there's you look a- at your TV and see No, that? no. There's- if I was watching anything, it'd be the Olympics. But, like, the current Power Rangers, like, even though it is 2018, this show looks stupid. Like- oh, the co- oh, I thought you were talking about the movie. No, like the I costumes. see what you're saying. Yes, yes. Like okay, like, looking back, I see what you're saying. Yes, like okay. the villains look so silly, and like that's what it's gonna look like because you're gonna have like Kim and Ron in like outfits who like they look like people, and then Doctor Dragon is yeah. blue, <laughs> and like she goes like green, and like it's gonna be so great. Yeah, it'll be interesting because it's like on the one hand, how much of this are you going to render literally, and on the other hand, the original showrunners and creators are writing and producing this movie for Disney Channel. Right, yeah. So it's like, okay, like, there's going to be a fair amount of literalness probably taken. I mean, it's not going to look like cosplay up on the TV, at least I hope not. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they're going to treat this with a bit more silliness and whimsy than if somebody was saying, okay, I want to turn this into um, a live action film for, like, you know mass release on the big screen right where like obviously we're all familiar with kim possible but you have to go about it in a much more serious way and like we said like one of the great staples of the show is that it rarely took itself seriously um with you know between the parents not caring and like the high school stuff and her teachers not caring that she was going off to like china the night before to go rescue someone i feel like it's gonna be kind of like watching spy kids (laughs) 
Spy Kids is great, okay? Exactly, that's why this is going to be amazing. I love Spy Kids. Go on Rotten Tomatoes and look at the obnoxiously high score for Spy Kids. It's like 93%. It's that's like because Spy Kids is a treasure. Yeah, so this is probably going to be in a similar way. I reference the thumbs, like, so often. Oh my god, the thumbs. That's, that movie is great. Sidebar. But, um, yeah, no, it's probably going to be in a similar vein where it's like, and that's like an example of where you can do that so perfectly, where it's like, this is so ridiculous and such a parody, but also I care a lot. Yes. You know, like, it's going to be that type of thing. Well, um, the thing is, like, this is going to be so marketable because, like, we're in, like, the superhero, like, like, yeah, this, this is, is the, perfect this is the era. It. Like, this is the era of superheroes, and they're going to be in high school, and it's going to be stupid, and I can't wait. I can't wait for how stupid it's going to be. The other thing, too, is, like, you know, Disney- They made a Warcraft movie, and I loved it. So, like, I mean, I'm up for anything at this point. Disney, like, has now been in the business of, like, rebooting slash doing sequels to its old properties, right? Like, you have- A lot of these sequels to old movies like Toy Story and Monsters, Inc. And they redid Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast and yada yada. So they're very much in a nostalgia period with their stuff. But the interesting thing about this is that they're taking this stuff and um, they're tailoring it to the audience. Because they know that the same people who were 10 years old when they were watching this are watching it now. Uh, like, like, 25. like, Incredibles 2 is not for, like, a seven-year-old. Incredibles no. 2 is for me. Well, and the perfect example, two perfect examples of that I have are Toy Story 4. No, Toy yes. Story 3. We're going to pretend Toy Story 4 isn't happening. Toy Story oh. 3 features Andy going to college. Yes. Because they knew that kids who were kids watching Toy Story for the first time were that age. I mean, yes. I was, I was, you know, late in high school, uh, my senior year of high school when that, um, when I was watching that. And like, yeah, I was like, okay, Andy is the same age as me. Andy's doing the same things as me. And they knew that. And Monsters University is an even better example because they decided to make a pre, instead of doing a sequel to it, they decided to make a prequel to put their characters in college. Because they, they knew that the kids who went to the movies to see Monsters, Inc. the first time were now in college. Like, and it's really sweet and like, um, just, you know, this very intelligent thing that they've been doing, which is why I have a feeling that this movie is going to be set with Kim and Ron in college. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I think one that's like my fantasy, like, do you know how many f- how much fan fiction I read? Is there a of lot? Is there a lot of fan fiction content? It is. Yeah, there is. Oh. I read that's a lot what I'm of- gonna be doing tonight. <laughs> yeah, I read a lot of Kim and Ron fanfic back in the day. Like, I mean a lot. Um I mean like copious amounts. Like, I mean, like, bad. Like, granted, I've always read a lot of fanfic, but still. Like, I think it'd be, like, to have them in college, and, like, granted, well, they can still do a lot of the same mechanics, like, as high school. Like, <laughs> they can. I, the disappointment would be the locker. The locker. That's your big thing, is the locker. That's what I'm sad about. Um, yeah, so basically, and it's interesting because of where we left things off, right, was that right, Ron, I don't think, was going to, co- I don't think he had a college. Like, he no. wasn't. He was kind of xandering it from Buffy, um, where he was the only one of his friends not going to college. Kim, I think, had settled on going to college, like, abroad somewhere. Oh, yeah. She was going, like, really far away. She was going to, like, Oxford or, like, somewhere in yeah. Germany or something. So the mechanics there is probably, like, Kim goes to college and Ron probably just follows her. Um, right. wherever she ends up. So it's like, but you can still do all the same things. I mean, granted, you probably won't see Bonnie at, like, Harvard or wherever she goes, but, 
you can still very much have the same, you know, important mechanics there where it's like, okay, Kim and Ron and Wade on some sort of cellular device at a school trying to deal with school things. Oh my god, okay, imagine the weird-looking communicator. Yeah, so, okay, so that's the thing, too, is that this was pre-texting. Like, that wasn't a thing when Kim right. Possible... Like, I think it was just slowly Kim starting. Possible, like, invented FaceTime. Basically. Invented FaceTime and inv- invented texting. Because I remember my first phone when I was first watching Kim Possible. Even, no, it was, it was after I started watching Kim Possible, because this is when I moved to Arizona. My first phone didn't even, it was a Nokia. It wasn't right. even a flip phone either. It was the kind where you pulled up the, um, the antenna. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the kind of phone I was working with. And over here, Kim has a freaking iPhone before I, like, 20 years before, not 20 and then, years. But... And then, late in season four, she had a watch. She invented the Apple Watch. She had an Apple Watch. Like, this was insane. Like, now, by these standards, we're like, oh, yeah, that's, like, whatever. But it's like, no, like. But she's going to have an iPhone, and they're going to FaceTime. She, and like, like, had crazy whatever. technology by my standards yeah. when she was a kid. Okay, they have to keep the hairdryer. The hairdryer grapple gun. Like, they have to. I had struggles with that when I went as Kim Possible for my Halloween costume a couple years ago until Allie actually reminded me that it was, in fact, a hairdryer. Yes. Because I was trying to, I was like, I need something to be her grapple gun. Like, I nothing at the store works, yada, yada. And she's like, why don't you just use a hairdryer? And I was like, why? And she's like, isn't it a hairdryer? And I was literally like, oh, my God, you're right. It is a hairdryer. So I just cut the cord off a hairdryer. Voila. Voila. I had my grapple gun. Um. <clears throat> So yeah, it will be interesting to see, you know, how these things are going to be sort of rendered, especially because now they're kind of commonplace, but at the time it was like super high-tech stuff that she had. It was like sci-fi. Yeah, it was like, you know, she 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 was FaceTiming basically with this dude um, you know, in 2005. This was like maybe the first iPhone I think was coming out in 2005. Um so you know, that'll be interesting, but you know, a, a <clears throat> I did see one person on the interwebs point out basically that no matter they wanted either a continuation or something like we said where you know it just fits in the canon somewhere um, because they were like you know I already watched four seasons of them going through their character developments and stuff I don't want to see it compressed into you know one movie and right. like I don't want done. like you don't like need to reinvent the wheel essentially yeah. um, my vote honestly is for a continuation because I've waited fifteen years. For my yes. season five of Kim Possible. Yes. Um, or I guess I waited 10 years, not five, 15 years. But still. Um, and, you know, it makes the most sense because it's like literally we're all in our 20s now. Like, And the thing is, like, well, it's like, it's what kind of what frustrates me about, like, these origin stories of superheroes. It's like, we don't need the origin story of Superman. We all know. We all know what happened. We well, all know. Interesting is and so, like, Kim- it's kind of like with this, and like also, there. This is the perfect. Like, you don't have to like introduce this super big world. Like, mm-hmm. it's just literally like okay. All you need to understand in the first five minutes is that they're in high school or college or whatever. They're best friends. They save the world. That's it. That's all you need to know. Um. Yeah, because for the longest time we didn't have an origin story on Kim. Like it didn't come until yeah. such in time. You just watched it <laughs> when we found out in the span of like a three minute segment that like oh she had a babysitting website and somebody like typoed and called yeah. her instead to like rescue them from like a heist situation and she went for it and it Which worked is why out. I have like hope for this is because like Kim Possible like 
it's so it's such a simple concept and they like slowly built this world but like you don't really have to understand things to watch Kim Possible and enjoy it because like it just is yeah because it's about Kim and Ron like it doesn't really matter anything else yeah and that's like that's it started right out of the gun um and what's interesting is what was originally the final episode of the series um so the drama has a very similar plot to the first episode of the series Crush where Kim like falls to this dude who's a robot or whatever um who's like this evil robot like it's literally like they just went back to the beginning and retold the same story now in this much more expanded um much more fleshed out world um which was you know a nice bookend until we were like oh nope season four we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep going um so yeah like you know you don't need to this is probably also going to be something that is aware of that and knows like literally everyone who's flocking to watch this already knows like they already watched the original season i mean that's the thing is is like there's very few children out there honestly that i think are going to be independently aware of kim possible and be like oh i want to watch this you know this movie because i'm such a fan of kim possible like yes it's possible it's possible to um you know rewatch episodes or whatever but it's like it's not something like they even replaced the Kim Possible game at Epcot with a Phineas and Ferb game like right, you know yeah. it's kind of been phased out of of the psyches of kids who are still watching Disney Channel so it's like all these 20 year olds and even up into like 30 year olds who watch this stuff originally you know who are going to be who are psyched out of their minds for this movie. Like, I think my mom is going to be like yeah we're going to go see Kim Possible yeah no we were talking about it at work like literally somebody brought it up and like the entire break room was like you guys though like everyone was jazzed about it like and we're all you know like you know in our 20s and 30s um, excited about this, you know, film adaptation of this children's cartoon. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I do think, you know, like we said, I think it's going to very much, um, play into the fact that they know that, um, their viewership on this movie are going to be original, uh, fans from long ago. Um, my question then is, is like, does this lead to more? Um, well, I mean, I think it would stand to reason that, like, this could definitely spawn a sequel, mm-hmm. or I'm a little wary about, like, like getting a new series, because the thing is, like, I think if this was to spring a new animated series, it would be a reboot. Yeah. And, like, I think a reboot would be great, because I think there's a lot more you can do, and now we're in that, like, I would love to see some gay characters in Kim Possible. Like, I would love to update Kim Possible. Yeah. So Which, she- okay, I know everyone's all into Kim and Shigo, but you cannot mess with my OTP like that. No, you can't. You can't do that. I am, I understand. Also, also there's an age difference, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Kim, Kim is only 18 at the end of the series, so keep right. that in mind. Um... But yeah, no, like, that would be, you know, and I'd love actually to see them maybe even put that, something like that, in um, the movie. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure pretty much every character was, like, defined as heterosexual at some point, or at least bisexual, with the exception of, I think, like, Draken. He was, like, the only person who never was, like, attracted to anyone. Right. But, like, people were attracted to him, and he was kind of weirded out about it. So there you go, right there. You've got someone who you can canicken... can't canically yes canonically boom maybe canonically um make queer without you know 
people claiming, well, it wasn't this way in the anime yeah. show. And even if it was, who cares? It's an adaptation. Like, come on. Well, the big thing is, like, if we got this new animated series, I would take me a while to get adapted to probably the new animation style. Yeah. But, like, Oh my I god, I hated season two of American Dragon when they changed the animation style. I know, style. same. It threw me so much. But, like, to update it, I think, and I think it would be well-suited for Netflix. Yeah, oh my god, could you imagine Kim Paul? I'd die. Right? That'd be the end. I would never leave my the house again. The problem is, like, Disney is, like, everyone's making their own streaming service, so it'd probably... Yeah, Disney if it was, would, the Disney would use this to start their own streaming service. Well, it's because Disney, well, they are, they are starting their new streaming service, yeah. and because, like, that's why Disney movies are being pulled off Netflix. Because <gasps> they're putting them on their own streaming service. Yes. Because, like, Disney, Cartoon Network... Uh, DC, like, everyone's doing their own... Well, I don't know about Cartoon Network, but everyone's doing their own streaming service. I don't hate the idea of, like, you know, this doing a, a new series, a new season, whatever you want to call it, on a digital platform. I do agree that, like, unless it's the exact same style of mid-2000s animation, I want no part of it, because that's going to mess me up. Um, but, you know, will they try to make more live-action movies? Will they try to make even a live-action... TV show out of it. Um, Disney is, you know, Disney doesn't do anything without thinking about the sequel potential. Right. <laughs> so this has definitely crossed minds, I think, before they even greenlit this project is, you know, what is our contingency plan for doing more? If, you know, we find out that this is a hit. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, those are possibilities to be aware of. Um, or maybe be scared of. I knew that there are some people out there who aren't happy about this because they don't want anyone going back ruining the TV show. Um, but the good thing is, is because this is live action, you can literally just ignore it if it's Well, bad. if we can live through, you know that movie I'm talking about. Yeah, if we can yeah. live through that movie, that adaptation, we can live through this. Yeah, like, honestly. And if you don't know what we're talking about, it's okay. It's you don't want to know. It's not real. But yeah, no, like, that's the thing is, is like, this is live action, you know, so you can, you know, just pretend it, you can pretend it doesn't exist and you're fine. Like, um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they go about um, reintegrating us into the story. At what point in the story they will put us in. Um, and if they're trying to basically, you know, take the franchise. And there was a lot of chatter, actually, even this year about Kim Possible period because mtv did a before this even happened mtv a couple months ago was doing a story on it, it being the 15th anniversary of kim possible's original premiere and they got like basically everyone from the original cast back together for an interview and like a segment and stuff um and then this happened so you know it's it's interesting i mean i do think they're you know gearing up for something at the very least right yeah uh, and it'll be interesting to watch, and I'm just very excited that it's Kim Possible. Me too. Um, so, we've all been doing this in our heads for years. Um, yes. But I have my list of... This is both my list of people I'd want to play these characters, and names that are being thrown out there by a lot of people. Um, I I guess I'm just going to go... Do you have a list, or...? Um, I have, like, the people I texted you. I didn't, like, okay. make, make Alright, so I'm gonna go through my list, and you can comment on it, and then add in yours as we go through characters after that. So let's start with Kim. Okay. Obviously Kim. You need to cast Kim. Yeah, obviously Kim. The two biggest names being thrown out are Madeline Petch and Bella Thorne, because they're both ginger and white, is basically yep. what I'm getting from this. I don't, I'm not super familiar with all of the, either of them, 
Madeline Petch is from Riverdale, and Riverdale is all over this casting list. And I'm going to talk about how much I hate Riverdale every time somebody from Riverdale pops up on here. I don't care about... They're fine. They're fine actors. And, you know, live your life. I can't stand Riverdale. Anyway. Uh, so Madeline Petch plays... I want to say her name is... Her last name is Blossom. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, her name's not Cherry Blossom. Um, she plays basically, from the two episodes I watched of Riverdale, this kind <laughs> of creepy, um, popular girl on um, Riverdale, but basically... My brother's somewhere yelling because I don't know everything about Riverdale. Yeah, no, I what it's whatever. Point is, is she's a big character on Riverdale. She's Ginger. I don't know if she's naturally ginger, but it doesn't matter. So she physically, basically, you know, she physically looks like Kim, and she plays a high schooler on a popular TV show right now. So that's, you know, yep. that's basically what people are are about. Bella Thorne is kind of in a similar situation, except um, she's been in several. She's like Disney owns her. Um, she was in Shake It Up on Disney Channel. She was in the Disney film Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, and she's in a Freeform series as well. So she's got super ties to Disney, which means there's a very high chance that she is on somebody's shortlist for casting. I don't like her, so I don't want her to be cast. I don't know her. So, okay. <laughs> um, My, honestly, and you and I talked about this brief- briefly, and this actress is coming up for another character, but Zendaya as Kim yes. Possible would be epic. Like, and y'all screaming, Bella, it's like, no. Listen, she no. played another famous ginger in it's another true. comic book. She movie. can take all of the gingers. She can do it again. She can take all of our childhood gingers and just become them. Zendaya, I um I love her. Is most famous for playing Mary Jane in the newest Spider Man film. Um she has well, done work with Disney in the past though, so well, she was like literally like she her TV show just ended. Yeah, she was on a Disney Channel show. She's in a Disney owned film because Spider Man is Marvel and Disney now owns that. They bought Spider Man from Sony. Um, so you know, sh- there's really good chance here if we could all just go for it. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, I would love that. Honestly, like that would be so great. Um, her be impossible. That would be sick. That'd be so sick. Like, please. Other than her, I Oh my god, and then her dad can be Idris Elba. Sold. Bam. Done. Oh my god, Dr. Pop. Shut up. Oh, man. (laughs) casting this movie. We're casting, so I know that the casting is not going to live up to our casting. No. So, (laughs) this is the dream cast right here. Um, This is, like, the dream cast. So, yeah, other than Zendaya, I literally could not care less who plays Kim. I don't care about either of these two actresses, and I don't really know them. Yeah, I don't care. People are talking about them a lot, and they're ginger and white. And that seems to be their big thing here. So, next, Ron. I actually have a lot of thoughts about who should play Ron, (laughs) and I have several options here. Um, The first one, I don't know him too well, but he showed up on some lists. Ketan Duddy. I have no idea who that is. Um, He's blonde. Okay. White. I figured. Blonde and white. He fulfills that right there. Um, but he was also in Shake It Up. Um, I knew him before Shake It Up, though, when he was a wee little child. When he was in Lost, he played a young Jacob for anyone out there who watched Lost. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, he's on Shake It Up, so or he was on Shake It Up. I don't know if that show's still on. Um, so there you go, connection to Disney Channel right there, which is important, honestly, because Disney very much casts its own people across the yeah. board. So that's more important than you think it is. Um, another person who came up, not a ton, but enough that he's on my list, and it's frustrating to me, is Cole Sprouse. No, he's too old. Also, no. Um, who obviously, Sweet Life and Zach and Co- of Zach and Cody, I don't know which one he played. Um, I have no idea. He is on Riverdale right now, because of course he is. Um, and that's part of the reason that, you know, I think people are talking about him, is because Riverdale is like the biggest show right now for high schoolers. So, like, all the high, all the actors from this show are getting showing up on this list a bit somewhere. Um, so, yeah, he's there. He'd have to definitely change that quaff of black Riverdale hair that he's got going yes. on right now. Um, not a fan of that, but it did pop up. My personal favorite choice is Tom Holland. Sold. <laughs> um, who played Peter Parker in um, Captain America Civil War and Spider-Man Homecoming. Also, if you haven't seen Spider-Man Homecoming, it's amazing and you should watch it. He would be so perfect as Ron Stoppable, so and good. nobody's talking about it except and for And I me. love him. I love him. As far as I own, yeah, no, he's great. He's so wholesome. Like, I want to carry Tom Holland around in my pocket. He's incredible. And, you know, as and an he Avenger, also loves Zendaya, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, right there, you have built-in chemistry, you guys, because he's Peter Parker, she's Mary Jane. Like It's great. It would be so great. And, you know, and they're as, so cute. I love them. As an Avenger, he does have ties already to Disney. So we should be talking more about Tom Holland playing playing Ron for reals. Yes. Um, my other person on here, just because it popped in my head as well, is Dylan Minnette, um, who is, again, I know him first and foremost from Lost. It's weird. Um, where he played Jack's son. Um, but he. Basically, he was the kid from 13 Reasons Why. Um, oh. He was in a Netflix original sh- uh, movie, Open House, very creepy. He's very good. He's a, he's a good at playing teenagers. He's a good actor. He plays mostly angsty teenagers, though, so I don't know if I could see him. He's kind of like typecast in my mind as an angsty teenager, but, um, you know, an option that's not on Riverdale <laughs> for your enjoyment. Yes. Uh, next up I have for Shigo. So everyone's talking about Camilla Mendez for this, who is a Riverdale actress. It's like the fifth one. More like the third one. Um, who, she plays Veronica? Does that sound right? Veronica? That is, that's the name of a character in Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, okay. She plays Veronica on Riverdale. Um, people are talking about her for Shigo. My biggest issue with it, though, besides the fact that you know, I want Riverdale out of this, is the age thing. Um, Because she, Shigo is much older than Kim. She's like mid-twenties, late-twenties, thirties even, maybe. Like, she's old enough to have a teaching certificate and pass as a substitute teacher for a high school. Um, So I don't think somebody who um, can pass as a high schooler should really be playing, you know, because the age difference does matter with Kim and Shigo. Like, it plays into their dynamic a lot. So, you know, and plus, like, if you do that, it's, like, too much. It's too, it, it feels too much like you're, you're creating this unnecessary, like, like, high school type rivalry between them. Like, part of the fun was right, that yeah. Shigo is this older person who's talking down to her because she can. 
and is this more experienced person and that's part of what makes her dangerous like this is going to feel too much like a cat fight kind of if you if you get what i mean so i am not for that i am however for a scarlett johansson <laughs> yes. um never gonna happen but you know that's my big um uh fan cast for shigo is uh black widow basically i mean come on like that's awesome and as a avenger as well she does have ties to disney so she could do it if she felt so inclined um she probably won't feel inclined <laughs> But, uh, oh, uh, my girlfriend um, would like to put forth Megan Fox as Shigo. Interesting. I could see. No, I'd be down for that. Megan like, Fox is a lot more, probably a lot more likely than Scarlett Johansson, so. <laughs> I'm into that, too. Yeah, like, you know, for Shigo, you have to, like, you want to cast this, like, older, you know, like, powerful-feeling actress, right? Like, this very confident person. Um because literally Shigo just oozes like ego and confidence and and just not Camilla Mendes, please. I don't know where she should go, but Ellen Page should be in this movie. That's the thing is Kim has only one female friend. So she can be like her new friend that she makes at college. This is my new friend, Ellen okay. Page. Yeah. <laughs> so for Dr. Draken. Um, I had a great epiphany, but before we get there, a lot of people are talking about Adrian Brody for Draken, probably because he just weirdly kind of looks like Draken. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for no other reason. <laughs> I did see someone also put forward James McAvoy, but I think it's for the same reason, because James McAvoy and Adrian Brody kind of look alike. So, <laughs> I think that's just based on, um, looks. So, yeah. um, my big pick is Neil Patrick Harris was born to play Draken. It'd be so crazy. Like, ugh. Like, he was great at playing creepy and gone. Because that's the thing about Draken is, like, yes, he's a big doofus and he's a joke, but he also, like, can be dangerous when, you know, he does get something that works. And he's also, yeah. like, he doesn't have the same moral compass that Shigo has. Like, Shigo will say when she doesn't want to do something because she thinks it's below her. Or she thinks, you know, like, no, that's too cruel. Um... Well, Dr- Draken is literally the epitome of, like, that nice guy. Like, yeah. yeah. He just wants, like, attention, and he wants to, like, be powerful. Yeah, like, Draken is very, like, self-centered and very egotistical. Um, and that makes him, you know, a bit creepy sometimes, and it does he's make just him... He's kind of harmless, because he's an idiot. But yeah, like... like, literally, if he wasn't an idiot, he'd be a very dangerous person. Like, it's yeah. because he's an idiot that it kind of negates a lot of this other stuff but like at his core he's a shelf he's a selfish you know like very much in it for himself person which can be you know when worked the right way you know as the show has proved like can be very freaky and dangerous the things that he does to a literal teenager um case in point neil patrick harris played a very similar character on a series of unfortunate events i like hated him though oh my god stop it I know. Grant, I only watched, like, the first episode. He was incredible. Don't listen to her. <laughs> Point is, is, like, he's born to play Draken. I like Phil Mel come out of the computer at me. Like, I almost died, y'all. <laughs> she was shook. I, like, I felt it. Shook it. Um, Monique, then, Zendaya comes back on the list. Uh, yes. Basically the only person people... Oh, wait. Play my, my Draken is Christopher Walken. Oh, yes. You did mention Christopher Walken. 
Yeah. See, there. That'd be ridiculous. Because why not? Because you know, like ridiculousness, like that is the staple of, um, Draken's character. Um, the only thing is, I couldn't handle the way Christopher Walken talks as Draken. Yeah, because so, he like, very he's... much talk about. He'd very much be Christopher Walken about it. Yeah, yeah. I, like I'm like it'd be terrible, but like at the same time, like he'd be great. Yeah. So what we're looking for in a Draken is a mix of. Fun and danger. <laughs> but, like, stupid and danger. But, like, really dumb. Um, but, yeah, so Monique, Kim's only female friend. Um, Zendaya, again, is, like, the only name coming forward for that. Um, which is fine. If she doesn't play Kim, yeah, I guess she can play Monique. Um, if not, you had a really interesting suggestion for that. Oh, okay, my girlfriend was, like, Ali Cravalho, who plays Moana, she was like, she should be Monique. And I was like, that's a great idea. Also, I love her. And she should be in more things. So I'm so- Yeah, I'm into that. Um, yeah. I literally have no objections to that. Only if, though, Zendaya does not get cast as Kim. Kim yes. <laughs> it's the only, like, it should be her unless she is Kim. Yeah. So Wade is an interesting one because Wade is probably... Wade's... First of all, Wade's 10. He's 10 between the ages of 10 and 13 in the show. Um, you know, between seasons one and three. Um, and we were saying that the kid from Modern Family would be good, like, minus 10 years. Yes. However long that show's been on. People are basically, all, the only person they're bringing up is Jaden Smith, which I honestly could see, depending on how you took Wade. Yeah. <clears throat> like, if you want to go for this older, edgier techno-punk version of him. Which I'd be okay with. That'd be I'd cool. be fine with it. That would be really cool. So I'm And I do love Jaden Smith, so... Yeah, I'm down for Jaden Smith as Wade. Um, How old is Willow? Could she be Monique? I think she's... He's like, 19. I don't know if she's older or younger. I think well, she's she, younger. Yeah. I, just don't, probably, I don't know how much younger she is. I think she's, she's probably too young. Yeah. Um, to play Monique. Um... Yeah, she's 17. That's, I mean, oh, she can. That's cutting close depending on how they, yeah, right, choose to take the how they like to cast 25 year 25 year olds, yeah, to be, yeah, considering everyone else on my list here is like 21 and up, yeah, exception of her brother. (sighs) Well, (laughs) and um, someone else on here was young, Tom Holland's pretty young, I think he's only, yeah, he's like 20. Is he 19? He's 20, I think, is he my age? He looks like a 12 year old, no, my girlfriend is like a month older than tom so i think yeah he's like 21 20 something like that yeah anyway so these are my obviously we've brought up idris elba as dr possible which now just needs to happen no matter who plays kim i don't even care about genetics like it doesn't matter um i have no really thoughts on anything after that um jillian anderson as kim's mom because impossible uh She's one of my fave characters. If we if we do cast a um, ginger as Kim, Julianne Moore could also be. It's true. This is possible. No, my favorite post on Twitter was like, "We all know who Kim's parents should be." And it was just <laughs> Scully Ramoli. It was so good. Scully. Oh God. It was so Scully funny. Ramoli. nice. I just um, died. It's fine. I had a stroke. Yeah, no, that would be. This is gonna be fun. I mean, it's gonna yeah. be fun until they announce the first casting, and then inevitably. Oh my god, Rufus is gonna be CGI. It's gonna be awful. 
Oh my god. We were talking about that too. They're like, how are they getting a naked mole rat in there? Because you were not like, doing this without Rufus. Like, he, he's gonna be CGI and it's gonna be terrible. It's gonna be terrible CGI, but also, like, you can't, can't create wait. naked mole rats, so. Like, you have to have him. We take what we can get here. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's gonna be fun until they announce it and then inevitably a large portion of the uh, fandom react poorly. And like me and and then Mel and I are gonna come back and we're gonna have a podcast about how like white it is or something. Yeah, that's my one thing about this is you know, yeah, there's a but Disney has been getting better recently. Um, yeah, and they've definitely so been trying their best at diversity between um, people of color and even trying to get queer characters into their into their stuff. So we're getting there. I mean, not Prayers. nearly as fast as we should be, but we're getting there. Do you have anything else to add on? I don't think so. Like, I'm excited about this, but unfortunately, the source material is not necessarily as progressive as we'd like it to be. Like, it is progressive yeah. in like some respects, and then it's not in others. Which in two thousand two, it was progressive. And yeah. Oh, yes. Definitely. Twenty eighteen, it's not. So well, much. I mean, in, I mean, in some ways, it is because like we're still, you know, trying to have like, you know, female characters like leads and like things like that. It is a feminist show. Um, but yeah, just for twenty, I mean, it's a little bit behind. I am excited though for this idea, like to update it. That'd be really great, and I yeah. hope they do something like that. Like that would be really great. Like, to cast a non-white Kim would be incredible. I literally cannot stop thinking about Zendaya. Like, I would just I'm gonna just be sad when it's not. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. I'm just gonna be Um, devastated. But no, that's the thing, and you have such an opportunity here with recreating this show in whatever fashion you're doing it to do that, to fix those mistakes. With A Wrinkle in Time, I feel like there's some hope. I'm so excited for A Wrinkle in Time. Um, But yeah, no, that's the thing. It's like, you take A Wrinkle in Time, it's like, okay... You you put a diverse cast in there. They're likely probably taking out the religious overtones of the book. Um, you know, so it's like there's an occasion, for, like, you know, with that, you know, as a metric here with Kim Possible, like, there's super occasion here to, to do that. Right. Like, you had it's a new world than what it was even in, in 2007. And we, and we can't discount the, like, like when Black Panther destroys the box office oh in two days, in like three days, Craziness. like which my soul is going to Lupita leave. Lupita should play Shigo. Yes. Oh man, I was going to say that earlier, new, but I like new, forgot. New top Shigo choice, Lupita. Yes, please. Like it'd be so great, and like like you can't discount that. Like it, it is time. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, and that's the thing is, is like you know, like. In 2002, we were all very excited because all these girls said, yes, I can see myself as Kim Possible, but it's like, you know, only a small portion of the population of girls could really, you know, say that. So it's like, yes, like, you know, who cares if they were technically coded as white in an animated show? Like, you're making something new, you're updating it, like, update it, you know? Yeah, update it. I, you know, I have hope for this. I also am not expecting much, but... Yeah, same. You know, we'll see. Prayers. Prayers. Pray pray for the casting. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So <clears throat> you can find out all the info on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can join us on Discord to text chat about animation at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. You can support us via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially uh, patron of the podcast, Lucas, a.k.a. Rocco. 
Um, thanks as always to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Andy, and Hugh. Um, is there anything you want to add here? Anything you want to I had plug? a thought. You, okay. Haley Kyoko as Kim Possible. Oh. Oh, that was my other thing. Darn. Um, basically, I wanted d- d- picks for who, um. So the soundtrack? Yeah, Halsey to do the. Oh, I'll be, duh, yes. The new song. Amen, please. My oh, girlfriend's yeah. out there yelling because she knows I'm obsessed with Halsey. Yes. Yeah, so there you go. Um, you can follow me uh, on Twitter if you so feel so. You can buy my book. No, yeah, buy Mel's book. Plug my book. It's not even out yet. Uh, but you can follow me on social media on Twitter at Melmoy. Um, if you want to follow Delaney, she can tell you where because I forget. It's, I think it's Delbury S. I don't know if there's an S or not. It's fine. Just go through over the anime and you'll find me. Really great at marketing over here, Delaney Stovall. Yeah, um, yeah, so uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.